0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Raising the Standard. On today's show, I'm going to equip you with a framework, give you some principles so you can exercise your discernment to know what is good from what is God. We are faced with an abundance of information. We have no shortage of information coming at us from all angles, and with information comes opportunities. And we need to discern which opportunities are good, and which opportunities are God. Where is God leading you in this season? Plus, I wanna show you the three categories of Christian men on the earth today, so you can quickly identify which man you are. Let's get into it. This is Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the ambitious Christian men. Identify, unlock, and access spiritual secrets, and strategies grounded in biblical truth so you can run your race and maximize your impact and influence. It's time to lead yourself, your family, and your world. Let's get after it. All right, guys, welcome back. I just made some promises in that opening statement. The first thing I want to do on today's episode is I want to talk about the three types of Christians, the three types of Christian men that are on the earth right now. Now, these are three qualities of believers, okay? They're all saved, but they're all different. So let me make this statement first to frame up this conversation for us, is that when you get saved, your sin nature, that issue in you that is called in the Bible, the flesh, does not automatically disappear. We surrender. We submit our lives. We walk in the spirit. We don't walk after the flesh. And as we do those things, we enlarge our capacity to follow the Lord. We start getting infused with his energy and we become sensitive to his spirit to take dominion and to overcome the cycles and the patterns of sin. However, that sin nature is still present. So this leads me to sharing with you three categories of Christian men that are on the earth right now. And these categories are seen in scripture. And I will back all of this up with the Bible. The first category of Christian men is the carnal man. The second category of Christian men is the natural man. And the third category of Christian men is the spiritual man. Okay, guys, so the first category of believer, the first quality of believer we're gonna tackle is the carnal Christian. It's what Paul calls the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 1, the first letter he writes to them. He writes to them as carnal men. That's one of the attributes he addresses them as. There's a second one you'll see in a moment. But a carnal Christian is someone who's defined as still falling into cycles and patterns of sin in their life. They are not choosing to walk after the things of the spirit, they're feeding the flesh. And when you feed the flesh and you make outright decisions in cooperation with your sin nature, you are stuck in this pattern of carnality governed by your five senses, governed by what feels good, what's right for you. And this can express itself in a number of ways, but if you have outright sin in your life, if you're in outright disobedience, I'm not saying you're not saved, but you need to change your ways, you need to grow, and you need to mature and put away those childish things, those things that are carnal, that are holding you back and stunting your spiritual growth. Now, if you're here and you're listening to the podcast, it's because you're invested in your development your personal development your professional development and most importantly your spiritual development so i want to charge you to leave behind carnality Stop making decisions where you're empowering the flesh, you're empowering sin nature, and you're empowering patterns and cycles that are not serving you. It's time to grow up, it's time to move on, and it's time to walk with the Lord. So let's take that carnal Christian and put him to the side for a moment because where I really want to focus your attention is on the next two qualities of men. These next two men exhibit qualities of character that exhibit two separate types of Christian men that are in the earth right now. And the next quality of believer, the next type of Christian man that I want to present you with is also seen in the first letter to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians. Paul addresses two camps of men, carnal believers, babies that are not maturing and they're not growing up, but he also addresses this second class. And this second class of man is known as the natural man. I want to make a clear distinction. There is a difference between the carnal Christian and the natural Christian, the carnal man and the natural man. So the carnal Christian has sin in their life. That needs to be dealt with at the cross. That needs to be changed, repented, submitted, and surrendered. But the natural man doesn't necessarily have outright sin. The natural man is doing things that are good. They're just not necessarily God. The natural man has his source coming from his self. So if you think about the natural man, the word there in Greek is suki or psyche. It's where we get psychology from. It's suki is what a natural man is in Greek. And this man is driven by his senses, his mindset and his will. So if you think of your soul in The place of governing everything, which is your mind, your will and emotions. That's what the natural man is. He's making decisions on what seem right to him. What seems logical to him, not necessarily seeking the will of the Lord and what the mind of God is, but what makes sense to his mind. That's the way the natural man operates. Now, we contrast that with the third man, which Paul calls the spiritual man. You'll see the spiritual man more so highlighted in 2 Corinthians. That is the answer. That's Paul's solution to the carnal Christian and the natural Christian is you must become, you must grow, and you must become a spiritual man. That's what we get in the second letter to the Corinthians. So we have these three classes of men. And one is an outright sin. So we're going to put him to the side for a moment. But I want to focus on the differences between the natural man and the spiritual man. So the natural man governed by mind, governed by willpower, governed by soul force. And the spiritual man is governed by God, is governed by the Holy Spirit in union with our human spirit. That's what a spiritual man does. He walks by faith, not by sight. And here's the key takeaway I want to leave you with is that if you're operating out of the natural realm you can have natural insight you can be exercising natural wisdom and you can also have no outright sin in your life and you can still be saved but it doesn't necessarily mean you're a spiritual man and the natural man is going to be categorized by doing a life of good things the natural man does really good things not God things. And let me just put this in the context for you because I opened this episode by telling you, we have so much information available to us. And this really was highlighted for me the other day. I was going through my inbox and I've done a really good job of streamlining my inbox and getting off all the junk email lists and the things that I don't wanna hear from. And by the way, that just reminds me, I wanna thank you because if you're listening to this podcast, if you're on our email list, if you got any of our free guides, if you took the free challenge, I wanna thank you because I realize there's so many voices you can listen to. There's so many voices that you can subscribe to and you've chosen to be here and get some spiritual development and enter into this conversation and listen to some biblical principles and truth that you can apply to your life. And for that, I'm very thankful. And I believe it's a God moment for us if you're even listening to this episode right now. And if you are getting something out of this episode, I'm gonna ask you to share it with a friend. I'm gonna ask you to rate it, leave us a review, leave me a comment, tell me what else you would like me to cover. You can leave that review right in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I was cleaning my inbox the other day and I got my inbox pretty streamed down, but I still have some really good emails that I wanna read. But here's the thing, there's just so much. I can't get to all of it, I'm like, I'm gonna save this one for later. Ooh, that looks really good. That's a blog I wanna check out. This is an article that I, I wanna stay in touch with this, but I don't have time now because it's gonna pull me away from my mission. I'm gonna to have to give up time. I'm gonna to have to trade time if I start opening up all these emails and get stuck in this infinity inbox, which there's never an end to it. So I chose not to delete them. I just said, I can't get to them now. I'll get to them someday. And here's the thing, and this is what was highlighted to me. Like, these emails are good. Like, wow, these emails are good. There's some good information in my inbox right now that I want to eventually get to. But I can't get to it right now because I can't let the good take the place of God. I can't let the good things that I could pursue get in the way of the mission that God has called me to. So the question for me is, what am I saying yes to? The question for you is, what are you saying yes to And that automatically leads to what do you have to say no to? And listen, I want to do other things. I want to read these emails. There's some things I want to pursue and they're all good. They're all good things. And I can make a case for every single one of them. Logically, I could write down pros and cons on why I should engage with this, why I should do this, why I should take up this activity or whatever it might be that's on my list. And you know what? It's not even a question of will this bring me closer to God or take me away from God. Because there are things on that list, I can make a case like this, this is good. This is going to bring me closer to God. But that's still my natural thinking. I need to submit it to the Lord and ask Him, is this something that I'm supposed to be doing right now? And then I need to be obedient. I need to take obedient action on that. So, guys, there is a way that seems right to a man. There's a way that seems right. That means it's not outright sin. It's not deception in the form of something really dark. It's something that looks good. It seems right. It's logical. And it appeals to our nature. It appeals to our five senses. It appeals to our mindset and our logical humanistic frame like this makes sense. We should probably do this. It's okay to walk in this direction. So we're talking about discerning the good from what's God. And I wanna tell you number one, as you start to build a framework for how I can decide, how I can discern what God wants me to do with my life versus all these other good things, I wanna give you a simple framework. Number one, don't rely on your five senses. That doesn't mean we throw out logical thought. That doesn't mean that we don't exercise any kind of critical thinking. What it means is I don't rely on myself alone. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians about the natural man. He says, a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit because they're foolishness to him. He can't understand them because they're spiritually appraised. That's 1 Corinthians 2.14. So let's give you another example of this of not relying on your five senses. Let's look at a biblical example from the Old Testament. When Jesse, the father of David, was told by Samuel to go get your sons, he brought all of his sons except for David, wow, not a good day for David, at least the first half of that day. All the brothers show up, they're built, they're handsome. The Bible has lots of great things to say about them, but they weren't God's choice. But from Jesse's point of view, from Samuel's point of view, it's like, hey, these guys are good. Which one do you want me to choose? From my five senses, from my logical output, this makes sense. Surely the king is one of these brothers. And it wasn't, that wasn't God's choice. So God does things differently than the way we would do things. Also in 1 Corinthians, we see the things of God are opposed to the world. So God uses the base things, things that the world thinks are foolish or an offense, such as the cross. The cross was an offense to the Jews and it was foolishness to the Greeks. Here's number two, and this one's tricky, but I want you to stay with me on this because we've been, programmed to think that whatever my natural talent is, whatever my natural skill set is, that's surely the thing that God wants me to use to build his kingdom. And the answer can be yes, a lot of the times, but not necessarily. Just because I was trained in a certain skill set or I have a certain platform or something that I've built in my worldly career or in my background, it doesn't necessarily mean that God wants to use that as he calls me into a new mission as I follow him. And again, this is our natural mind governing. Oh, that person was great at this in the kingdom. Could you imagine what they do if they take that skill set over here? But that's not the way God always does things. We see a principle in scripture that God always breaks something before he uses it. Before he feeds the 5,000, he lifts up the bread and he breaks it first. God will break something down and make sure it doesn't have pride, it doesn't have a root of selfish ambition before he uses that thing as a vessel of honor for his kingdom. So be careful with saying, just because my background's this, it means I have to be used that way. God's not one dimensional. When he calls Moses out of Egypt, he calls him and he makes him the deliverer of a nation. And he's giving him new skill sets. He's giving him new talent. He's giving him a new call that's gonna require Moses' dependence. So here's something you can take to the bank. If you think you can accomplish the call of God on your natural strength, your natural gifting, the thing that you feel so comfortable in because you did it your whole life, that's probably not the area that God's gonna use you the most. Because God always calls a man to come into complete conformity, alignment, and most importantly, dependence. And we see Jesus modeled this. He was completely dependent on the Father. So you're not to be dependent on your own skill sets, your talents, and things that you've developed. It's fine to do those things. We stored those things. But when it comes to ministry, when it comes to mission and partnering with God, we we need to be dependent on Him. And the last thing I want to give you is timing. Sometimes it's a yes, but it's not a yes right now. And the question is, must I do this right now? I wanna tell you that God's more concerned with the preparation of the man and the process to prepare the man than what you're building. So just because you have a big vision, just because you wanna serve the Lord, just because you feel called to an area, doesn't always mean we run right to it right away and we're to go after it. There's always a process God uses and we need to recognize and discern where are we in that process. There's periods of waiting, there's periods of building, there's periods of serving, There's periods of dying, dying to ourself, to our own self-interest, to our own selfish ambition. So we need to recognize those things and take an inventory before we just run out and say, we're gonna conquer the world because we have this big vision. Okay, I want you to run after your vision. I wanna empower you with vision. I want you to have a God-driven vision, but there's also a process that backs up how you execute that vision. And that's the process God uses to prepare and to make men. So guys, here's the bottom line good or God, the natural man versus the spiritual man, the man who's governed by his five senses, his natural humanistic and logical thinking versus the man who's completely surrendered, submitted and lives from another source of life. And I wanna read you this last scripture because this sums it up perfectly and it's gonna tell you what's at stake. If you're thinking I'm harping on this too much, you're like, Josh, what's the point? Why are we even talking about this? I'm gonna tell you there's something eternal that's at stake. And Paul spells it out to the church at Corinth in first Corinthians chapter three, verses 13 through 15. I'm going to read it because it's that important. And I want this to be imprinted onto your mind and into your soul, because this is something we will all personally face in our life as we stand before God. And Paul says that each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it's to be revealed with fire. This means that the fire itself will prove the quality and test the quality of every man's work. That means the work of your hands, the quality of your work, the quality of my work is gonna go through the fire. And the Bible says that any man's work, when it goes through the fire, if it remains, he will receive a reward. This is an eternal reward. This means your work has eternal significance. And likewise, if any man's work is burned up, He suffers loss. He himself is saved, yet is through the fire. Guys, that's the natural man. The natural man, he's not losing his salvation. It's not a salvation issue. He's still saved. He's still secure. But he built something and the source was not God. So that thing that he built, it could be ministry. It could be good. It could be related to serving the Lord. But if it didn't come from the Lord, if the source is not Jesus Christ, when it goes through the fire, it's consumed, and that man suffers loss of reward. So be careful what you build. Be careful how you build. Everything must be built according to the standard. Hey, guys, I got a quick announcement to make. If you feel that you're in the gap between where you are right now and where you're supposed to be in life, that place that God has promised you, that promised land that he has for you, then I want to invite you into the Unfair Advantage Challenge. It's an 11-day email training. Content that I've never shared on this platform before. And I'm doing this because I want to equip you and teach you how to access the unfair advantage that God gives all men who are walking with Him. But here's the thing many men never access it, many men never reach their promised land, and many men never reach their full potential. That's why I'm doing this. So go to accessyouradvantage.com, sign up for the training, and you will get equipped with the strategy, the mindset, and the tools so you can unlock and access the unfair advantage that God has for you. Let's get after it.